Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This episode of Watching the Throne is brought to you by you, the listener. We've chosen to keep the show ad-free and only ask for something small in return. Please head to iTunes and let us know what you think of the show. Those reviews really help with our exposure. And if you'd like to make a small monetary contribution, head to patreon.com slash Podcast, where you can donate increments of as small as $1 per month. Thank you so much, and stay wavy. Everybody wants to know what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. So keep your love. I don't get enough of it. Jesus just rose again. Listen to the kids. Welcome to Watching the Throne, a lyrical analysis of Kanye West. My name is Chris Lambert, and today we are talking with Carrington Harrison. Carrington, uh, introduce yourself to everybody. Hey, how's it going? Um, my name is Carrington Harrison. I live in Kansas City, Missouri. I host an afternoon radio show here. I think you guys would more know me as I was uh, one of the creators of the Kanye Madness bracket. So I'm happy that you had me on today, man. <laughs> yeah, the uh, Kanye Madness just... I mean, the name is fitting for what happened in response to it, right? Like, it got started and then just has been everywhere for the last couple weeks. Yeah, um, it's pretty crazy. Um, it's not like I came up with some super original idea. I'm sure that someone's done it before. I um, I was driving home. I went to um, Missouri, Arkansas. It was on March 3rd, I think it was. And I was like going through like all these songs in the 2000s, you know how it's kind of like when you're on Wikipedia and you like click on stuff and it's like that degrees of separation. I ended up getting to some T-Pain song and then it took me to good life. And then I remember I went to college dropout and I was listening to Spaceship and I was like, this is probably somebody's favorite Kanye song. And then it's like this light bulb went off in my head. I was like, I should do a bracket. Like I should do a bracket to try to find out what people's favorite Kanye song was because I know what mine is and I didn't I wasn't sure what the masses would think. So I went into it and I wanted to try to replicate the NCAA tournament as much as possible. So I remember I tweeted that night that I wanted to do a Kanye bracket and I wanted to put a committee together. And I could just tell by how many people responded to it that it would be a somewhat popular idea. And a lot of my friends, we have pretty similar taste in music. So I just started texting people individually, asking them if they wanted to be in it, and I tried to set the committee up as close to the NCAA tournament as possible. Uh, did uh, did any part of that process kind of surprise you? Like when you first tweeted out the idea, did you kind of expect to get like a little bit of a few comments, but got more uh, so than what you expected? Uh, I mean, I had enough of a social media following that I kind of thought that it would at least be popular in my own timeline. Um, I never thought that obviously it would kind of reach this level. <laughs> um, I think the process is certainly more, it's more time consuming than I think people give it credit that Kanye has such an expansive 
catalog. And I think the big challenge is how do you balance your personal taste with a song like a song like crack music? I like a whole lot, but I don't really like Gold Digger. But you have to admit that Gold Digger is like one of his more like culturally impactful, more popular songs. So I don't think people understand the balance of those two things and the expansive catalog of inevitably you're going to miss songs that people really like. Um, I would say that probably the biggest regret I have from the whole thing was gone and everything I am weren't in the bracket. I actually thought everything I am was in the bracket until I actually (laughs) version. Then I saw the completed version. I looked through and I was like, we forgot this song. Like I couldn't believe that we didn't forget it. And I, I can't. I don't know how Gone just slipped everybody's mind. I'm, I'm sure you'll ask me about how we kind of came together for the bracket, and I'll explain it. But those are probably the only two songs that I look at like, man, they should have been on there. We actually did two words um, in like playing games before the bracket kind of went viral, before people knew what it was. And two words lost, so that's why two words isn't in the bracket. Um, it actually lost the school spirit, um, so that's why two words isn't on there. But yeah, those are the only songs I kind of look back. I just think that his. His collection is so expansive. If you don't go into it with a pretty detailed plan of how to do it, I think inevitably you'll miss stuff. Yeah, that was one of the the major discussion points I was seeing on Twitter. I was seeing on the Kanye subreddit was just people being really torn about what was in, what wasn't in, what was seated where, and just it seems like there's no way to go about it that's uh, will make everybody happy. No, there's no way to do it like that. Like people, have, I mean, that's probably I say the. The most messages I've got from it, it's kind of been like two or threefold. It's been, hey, really cool idea. We really like it. Thank you for doing this. It's been, can you do X artist for somebody else? Like Drake and Jay-Z have been probably the two most popular requests. Um, It's been, where the hell is gone or where the hell is X song or the seating's completely messed up. And I, I always tell people when it comes to the seating of, how do you seed something that is 100% subjective? It's not like the NCAA tournament. Like we have 30 years of historical data that tells you, all right, this is what a one seed looks like. This is what a two seed looks like. This is what a 7-10 game should look like. How do you seed something that we agree is 100% subjective? Because I saw someone did, I think it was from medium.com that did, it was like 100% based on the billboard charts. Four or five seconds is a two seed. No one thinks that four or five seconds Kanye's eight best songs like no one thinks this so that's a flawed way of doing it too like there's no 100% correct way to do it I think for the most part um like I saw someone did like a Drake one and they had 10 bands as a one seed like 10 bands is not one of Drake's four most popular songs (laughs) songs like you just can't spin it that way um but I think for the most part it's just really difficult to do a 100% subjective bracket in a seating way that will appease everybody. No, that's a, it's, it would massively be impossible. We're talking the realm of art, right? Rather than the realm of team records, team standings, like preview tournament. You'd have to do like a whole preview tournament just to get to the tournaments, which would be like your NCAA season equivalents, which. No, you're right. I mean, that's, I mean, that's probably the, the best way of putting it. Um, like I said, I mean, those are the only two songs that I feel kind of bad about. I'm kind of one of those people that, like, if you make, like, if you take 10 shots, I think more about the one missed shot than the nine that I made. So I probably think more about the songs that I left out of the bracket. Like, damn, how did I forget those songs? 
more than anything. Um, but obviously it went overwhelmingly positive. And, and for the most part, like I think people, cause like people were kind of still tweeting me about like, man, gone would have won. No, it wouldn't have gone would have no. lost away. No. I mean, gone, gone maybe would have made a sweet 16 run. Everything I am maybe wins in the first round. It just kind of depends on matchup. Yeah. But there's, there's staples that just, those songs are getting to where they're getting and they'll go through whoever. And gone is not one of those runaway is one of those. Like everything I am is it one of those? Jesus walks is one of those. Like, yeah, yeah I, th- I think those are just like, I think those are like really good Kanye B side songs. Um, like if you remember a couple years ago when Jay Z did that concert um, where he did like all his B sides, I could see him doing Gone and it going crazy when he does it. Um, and I actually went back and listened to Gone. Like I was just trying to like hear what everyone else was hearing, and I was like, man, that third verse is pretty incredible like Kanye's last verse at the end of the song is just pretty amazing but I I did feel bad that Gone wasn't in the bracket yeah uh, maybe 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 next time (laughs) um well so how did the committee come together and how did you guys go through everything Um, that's a good question um I probably text um I, I wanted it to be diverse I wanted it to be a good range of young and old and black and white and male and female. So there was a white guy on there. One of my good friends' name is Cole. There were three females on there. Jasmine, the person that actually did all the graphic work for it, she was on there. One of my good friends, Kyle. One of my friend's girlfriend, Paige, she was on there. And probably like six of my really good male friends. And we just went to this um, brewery and we sat at a table and kind of to start off at least, we did... I printed off a sheet that had every Kanye song that was on an album because those were the only songs that were eligible. Like I didn't want to do any songs off Cruel Summer because I don't really consider those Kanye songs. Like those are kind of posse cuts. Um, And I didn't want to do any song from Good Friday because I think those are kind of the same vein. Like Christian Dior, Denim Flow, I love. I think it's a great song, but I don't really think that's a Kanye song, if that makes any sense. Um, So I printed off a sheet that just had every song on a Kanye album. And we all sat at the table and we all gave our one through four seeds. So we gave what we thought the one seed should be, what we thought the two seed should be, three seeds and the four seeds. And we assigned them point values. So then at the end of it, all right, these songs got the most points. These are the one seeds. And then if you wanted to nominate a song, you had to it had to come from the bottom line. So I think power was a one seed when we first did it. And then I nominated Touch the Sky to be a one seed and then Touch the Sky won with votes over power. So we moved it down and then we kind of copied that formula down the line. So like if you wanted to change a five from a six, you would just say, all right, Slow Jam should be a three seed. This song's a three seed. I nominate Slow Jams over this song. We would take a vote if it won. That song would get moved down. And we just kind of copied that process throughout the rest of the bracket. So then once we got outside the top 16 songs, I was just like, all right, nominate what you think your four best songs are to get to the five seeds. And then we would kind of realize a pattern. Like in this next round, these three songs got everybody voted for these next three songs. All right, that's a five seed. And then we just kept going through the process. It probably took, it probably took four or five hours probably to do just the kind of whittling down and you know how people like to argue and debate. So yeah, it probably took about three, four hours to do. Uh, Which Probably, I just imagine like most uh, baseball drafts or football drafts or something where you go into it with all this energy and then hour like 
two, you're kind of like, oh my goodness. And then by like hour three, you're kind of like, okay, I'm back into it. <laughs> like, No, I mean, it wasn't really that so much. Um, I think if we ever do this again, I think it will just go a whole lot smoother because everyone kind of knows the process now. Like, I think in the beginning, it's kind of like, all right, you kind of realize like how big the whale is and like, mm. all right, how am I going to kill this thing? You know, like you want to do it correctly. So how do you go into it with the process of how do you do it justice? I think is maybe the best thing for somebody that has me. I think I did the numbers. It was like 126 songs that are eligible and everybody has different tastes. So I think more than anything, I think we actually talked about this yesterday. We did a round table. I think if you got, 11 different Kanye fans in the same room. Obviously, the seating is different. And I would guess probably 10 songs we didn't have on the list, they would have on the list and vice versa. Like, our my room wasn't really much of a Yeezus room. Like, Black Skinheads was kind of lucky to make it um, in the tournament. Like, Bound 2 and Blood on the Leaves were pretty much in there, but it really wasn't a Yeezus room. It was one person in there that really loved Life of Pablo. So that's why Famous is on there. Headlines or highlights are on there. So I, I think it just kind of depends on, like, what kind of group that you have um, our group was much more of a soulful, lyrical sample Kanye more than some of the newer stuff that he's made. Yeah, where I think if, uh, you know, it was our, like Travis and I going into it, we would be much more end of the discography Kanye more so than uh, a college dropout late registration Kanye. Yeah, we actually talked about this yesterday in the roundtable. Um I think what was, I mean, it was a lot of things that was like really kind of eye opening to me. Um, I think the biggest thing was kind of understanding not everyone loves Kanye the same way that I love Kanye and not everyone appreciates the same Kanye that I do. Like I remember watching Through the Wire when it debuted on MTV2. I remember the first time somebody played me slow jams, like this girl I dated in high school the light-skinned friend, dark-skinned Michael Jackson was her aim away message. Like I have just like a different affinity towards Kanye. So I think my feelings towards him is different than somebody who their first introduction to Kanye was the Love Lockdown performance on the MTV Awards or Hey Mama at the Grammys or Stronger. Like I could see that's someone's favorite Kanye song. Cause man, that's, you know, I was in college when he came out, you know what I mean? So like, yeah. I think seeing the different kinds of Kanye like, I remember this girl told me, she was like, how is Waves not on here? And I'm thinking, what? Like, you looked at the list and you thought Waves should be on here? Like, we just like two completely di- – Waves never even came up in the conversation to be in the bracket. You know? <laughs> I assume if you did it with a different group of people, Waves might have been a six seed in the tournament, you know? Yeah, that's uh, – that's, Waves is actually in Travis's, like, top five Kanye songs. And it's just – it's – it really is funny to see how one artist could be beloved by this huge fan base, but beloved in such different ways for such different parts of his discography. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think that's what I think that's what excites us about doing Drake next year, because we were kind of talking about it last night. And next year will be Drake's 10 year anniversary since so far gone. And if you want to look at like who Kanye, like if we could point at like, the next, like the next Kanye or like who spun off of it. There's no better example to me than Drake, like say you will and say what's real on so far gone. And like, he is like a true descendant of Kanye West. So I think that kind of, um, is maybe the good comparison. I don't think he's as good of an artist as Kanye, but I think you understand the point. But, um, I think that Drake is very similar of 
some people really want to hear Drake sing. Then we go into an album like, man, why is he doing all this singing? I want to hear Drake rap. Uh, like, why is he doing this island music? Like, you know, so I mean, I think maybe he's the only like really good comparison. But I do agree with you. Um, like Kanye's music, it's just different. Like, Yeezus doesn't sound anything like Graduation. My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy doesn't sound anything like Late, Re late Registration. I mean, College Dropout doesn't sound anything like Life of Pablo. Like, it's such a different musical sound, and the concepts are so different throughout that I do think made it a pretty interesting thing. And I think maybe subconsciously we kind of undervalued some songs in order to team them up against older or newer songs for a really competitive first round. Like, Ultralight Beam should have probably been a little bit higher up, but having it go up against Spaceship in the first round was just was just too good of a matchup, yeah. you know? Like, everybody wanted to see what was going to win in our group. So, like, Ultralight Beam probably should have been, like, a seven seed or so. But I think, at least in our room, I remember the conversation. The songs we had the biggest arguments about were Gorgeous, because there were like three people in my group that really loved Gorgeous. Like Gorgeous got one seed votes. Like I was like, come on now, Gorgeous isn't a one seed. I was like, all right, we'll give you the three, but it can't be that high up. Gold Digger, I think Gold Digger, if I hadn't kind of stepped in and was like, yo, we can't do this. Gold Digger might have been like a 10 or 11 seed, which was like severely underseeded. Because like no one actually in the room likes the song. So when, it came time, so when it came time to vote for it. No one was voting for it. And then one of me and my good friends were like, yo, we got to do something different here. We got to fix it. Um, and Ultralight Beam was a big point of contention. Everyone likes the song, but I think we kind of penalized Kanye on some songs for him not being the highlight of the song. Right. And Ultralight Beam is a Chance song. Like Ultralight Beam is Chance featuring Kanye West. So I think at least in our room, I didn't vote for it as highly and a song like Homecoming didn't get voted as highly. It's like, I don't look at Homecoming as Kanye's song. It's kind of common song. I don't look at Ultralight Beam as Kanye's song. I look at it as Chance's song. That, that makes sense to me. That's one of the things, uh, it's like weird, because it's like Kanye, the producer is being featured on Ultralight Beam, right? Not necessarily Kanye, the, the rapper. No, absolutely. Um, I mean, I love mm. Ultralight Beam, the sound of it. I actually think Ultralight Beam is a better version of Jesus Walks, actually, like from pretty much every stance. Like, I think Chance's verse is better than any verse on Jesus Walks. I think the sound behind, it's just bigger. Like, I think as Kanye's music kind of grew, the sounds just got bigger and bigger. I think he lost some of the soulful stuff in the beginning. But I think just the production value of it, like, I've been listening to a lot of Good Friday, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, and just that time frame of music that he was making, like the production level, the way it sounds, the drums, the 808s is just, no one's been able to copy it since. It was just like such an incredible wave. And I remember the, I remember the joy, and I'm sure you remember it too, of like, and you would wake up every Friday excited yeah. to hear a new Kanye song and he like didn't miss for two months. He just didn't miss. I was actually on a date with this girl last week and I was listening to Sirius, and the Power Remix came on. And I remember telling her, like, I, I don't, I don't want to talk. Like, please stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> and she was kind of taken aback by it. But I was like, I really want to hear Kanye's last verse. Because, like, yeah. whenever Swizz says the beat changes, like, Kanye just goes off for two minutes. And it's just incredible. Like, I, that might be one of my, like, favorite time periods in music was just that – I can't remember the year off the top of my head, but that Good Friday, Christian Dior, Denim Flow, 
my beautiful dark twisted fantasy into like the beginning of cruel summer was just incredible yeah that was that uh fall of 2010 time period and it was just ooh. i do love that though because the power remix is one of those kanye songs that like it gets so i think lost in the shuffle of things because it's such a great song but you don't get to hear it often it's not something that plays when you're listening to an album um so the fact that it's coming on when you're on this date is just hilarious to me because it's just like we have to stop talking like i need yeah, to enjoy this it was, no I, I don't think like maybe no one's ever done that before on the date that i just like i really have to hear this like i couldn't like i wasn't going to let you ruin this moment for me <laughs> uh, but yeah no i mean we all have those different kinds of music i've just i've had so many of those with kanye um you know i think i think that I mean, I love Jay-Z. He's probably my favorite rapper. But I think the difference with me and Jay-Z was I don't remember the beginning of Jay-Z's career. It happened in 96. I was eight years old when Reasonable Doubt came out. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's kind of like it's weird. It's kind of like how we followed LeBron. Like I remember watching LeBron when he was in high school. And I remember on ESPN and the cover of Sports Illustrated and talking about him with my friends in high school. And when he dunked between the legs in high school, we were like, oh, my God, LeBron did that. And, like, I remember, like, every moment of LeBron's career. I feel like Kanye and Drake, at least for me, have been the same. Like, I remember every single phase of their career from the first time I heard them, the first time somebody told me about them, till the Hurricane Katrina on NBC, to when his mom died. Like, we've just been on this journey for so incredibly long. Uh, one of my biggest regrets in life, actually was I was in college. I went to school in Joplin, Missouri. It's like two hours from where I live in Kansas City. And it was the Glow in the Dark tour. And I really wanted to go to the Glow in the Dark tour, but we had a test that next day. And the closest one was in Oklahoma City, which was like three hours away. So, I mean, it was Kanye, Rihanna, NARD. Like, how did I not go to this show? I, I missed that. And... I should have, like, I kept delaying booking my plane tickets for the Life of Pablo tour because uh. he, he didn't come to Kansas City, but he was in Vegas. And every time I would look, I was like, you know how you think? I don't know why I always think that plane tickets are going to get cheaper the closer they get to him. Like, I don't, I don't know why I ever think that. Uh, but, yeah, then I just, by the time I ended up ready to buy my ticket, it was like $500. And I'm like, I'm not spending $500 to go to Vegas. Like, Next week you could go and it'd be 120 bucks round trip. So no, like I just it, it it was just this was a really cool journey to see as many people have the same connection and closeness and stories that I have about Kanye West. Yeah, was that something it, like the round table met up before everything and kind of had that anticipation, right? Like we think these matchups could be like a lot of fun. We think that people are really gonna get on board with this. But then meeting now in the wake of like all the attention that it's gotten, all the uh, participation that it's gotten, what were kind of the the responses that you and the rest of the group had? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I remember thinking when it first happened, there's like this like smaller like niche newspaper in Kansas City. It's called The Ink. And I'm sure every city has one of them. Like it's not the big paper, but it's like the hipster newspaper, you know? And I remember thinking, I was like, I think they might write about this, you know, like, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like, like, just like the, like the very, very beginning of it. Um, like, I was like, this has got a chance to be like, I think somebody will write about it for ink. 
And I remember the Saturday before we ended up doing it, I, one of my friends actually does marketing for um, an insurance firm. And he looked at me and said, I think this could go viral. And I was like, you're crazy. Like, this doesn't like, no, it's not going viral at all. <laughs> I, was like, hey. I was like, it'll get like a thousand retweets. Like, people will like it. People will think it's fun. But it like won't really go much past my own timeline. And he was like, no. He was like, if we do this correctly, it can go viral. And I was like, all right. So we kind of sat down and we kind of came up with like the whole rollout concept of it. Like I had kind of been teasing on my timeline for people that weren't following me before. We're going to drop it at 12. We're going to drop it at 12. So like it had kind of built anticipation on my own timeline. So people were like, yo, we can't wait to see it. We can't wait to see it. And I was kind of like live tweeting during the like during the committee. And so like I was kind of building it up on my own timeline, but like the masses just didn't know, so to speak. Um, so... We kind of came up with it. We created the hashtag and we tried to find a hashtag that no one had ever used before. Like someone had used Kanye Madness, but no one had used Kanye Madness bracket. So like trying to find a hashtag that we owned, you know, um, yeah. like that was big. And he kind of showed me how to create the moments and he kind of handled that. And I wanted it to be like a really complete experience for people that did it. So like the videos were like a really good touch to me. One of the guys on the committee was like, you know, you should shoot videos for it. And I was like. You're right. And then he kind of had a different idea than the one that I ended up kind of going with. And I was thinking of it. I was like, whenever they do the NCAA tournament, they always give you reactions, like how they think a song's going to do. And I was like, people might like that. So we ended up shooting it and everybody was really cool about that. Um, I remember when I first realized that it had gotten big was that Sunday I couldn't use my phone. Like, you know how Twitter, like, refreshes, it just, it couldn't refresh fast enough for all the mentions that I had gotten. Like, just people retweeting it, people adding me, and then people, you know, you know I can quote tweet and all that kind of stuff. Like, I couldn't use the phone. Um, I could do it on the computer, but I, I just could not use the phone. And Chris Long, the place for the Eagles, tagged me about it. And that's when I realized, like, it had gotten much bigger. Yeah, it had gotten much bigger than I ever thought that it could be. Um, and then probably around five central complex wrote that article about it. Um, and then I don't, I think it was just like a big, like satisfaction, I guess, from everybody. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of weird. I don't want to sound like super arrogant about it cause I don't, I don't feel that way about it, but I don't know if many people ever get the opportunity to do something that you think touches as many people as we did as a collective group. And I don't think like many people can say at least for like a time frame that they like impacted the culture that like if you like and follow rap music, that was the it topic for a day and two days. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it was the topic. Like they talked about it on Buttons podcast. They talked about it on Everyday Struggle. It was on ESPN Snapchat. So like for a on it was on MSNBC. Havoc had seen it. You know what I mean? So like for a time frame, it is like genuinely like impacted the culture and people followed it and i wanted to do it in the beginning obviously to find out what people's song was but i'm sure you got friends like i do and like your group chat is everything like you talk about everything like that's if somebody has a bad day if somebody does something funny if somebody gets a promotion at work if there's like a game on you're talking about it like your group chat has be kind of become like the hangout it's like your virtual barbershop that it was it was really cool to see that we had like done something that gave people the same feeling that I know we would have got if someone else had done the bracket. Like if someone else had done the Kanye bracket and we had saw it, we would have been debating it in our group chat all day. 
So it was really rewarding and satisfying to feel like we had done something that that had impacted people in that way. Yeah, that's uh, that's such a cool point too about having that feeling of I don't know spiking in the zeitgeist, like having that saturation in pop culture for a day, two days, three days. Like, what a what a strange and interesting thing to know that you've done but also feel at the same time it's like you're still going about your regular life but this thing you did is like getting mentions getting talked about by everybody else it must be like a very not a disconnect but just a strange thing to think about yeah i mean i think it was at least different for me um in the context of just for work like i have a public job because i do radio in kansas city and our show's pretty popular so like I had kind of been used to it. And so like, I think I would have like a completely different feeling about it if I was just, this is gonna sound weird, if I was like a regular person that had just done it, you know what I mean? Like if I didn't have any media training or anything like that, I certainly would have been different. So I was like more happy for my friends that like my friends all got to be a part of it. And I always tried to make it a point, like if someone wanted to talk to me, like make sure that Jasmine, the girl that did the flyer and just jump media got credit. And when the paper came to me, I was like, these are the people, their names need to be in there. Cause it, I just didn't do the bracket by myself. Like I might've had the concept and got the ball rolling, but every pick on there was not my selection. <laughs> why, why it looks the way it does wasn't a hundred percent on me. Like I certainly had like a lot of input on like how it was rolled out and all of that kind of stuff. But it certainly was a team of people that kind of helped me, but just I had the biggest social media following and I had the idea. So like I was like the engine to push it. But um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that was it. Like I remember whenever Havoc said my name on MSNBC, like my friend was happier about it than I was. Like, my friend, like Havoc's one of my five favorite rappers. And he like even though he said my name, it was like he said all of our names. You know what I mean? So like I think that was probably the the most satisfying thing that like I, I was able to come up with an idea and incorporate my friends in a way that like we all got to share in the success a little bit. And we talked about it last night in our round table. Like we genuinely did something that like affects the culture. You know what I mean? Like not many people, not many like regular people can say they did stuff. It's not like we work at complex. We work at the undefeated or we work at pigeons and planes. Like not like we are tied with some organization that like if complex does something that goes viral, you should like you're, you work <laughs> company you know what i mean like i mean it's it's i think it's realistic to say we did one of the biggest internet brackets in the history of the internet you know what i mean like that's like a crazy thing to think you know and really seeing the that first day it must have been crazy to see like oh like these brackets are getting two thousand votes okay we're up to we broke ten thousand okay we broke twenty thousand we broke fifty thousand and then getting up into that hundred thousand range and beyond just insanity yeah, I mean, the biggest regrets I have, I told you about Gone and Everything I Am, I probably would have made the first round two days instead of four. I just didn't know that, you know what I mean? Like, there was no way to know that was going to happen. And I think it was a really good experience for me just with work. Uh, the internet moves a lot faster than even I thought that it did. Like, it was pretty clear by the fourth day, not that the internet had moved on, because certainly people were still following, and I was still getting a lot of tweets about it. Like, I think if we do the second round a day or two earlier, those next rounds get 60,000, you know what I mean? Like, not as much as the first round, because it wasn't as big, and it's not, you know what I mean? But, like, 
I really saw that the internet moves in three-day cycles. I'm like, if you're out of that three-day cycle, like, you're done. Now, I mean, the final bracket's got, you know, 10 to 15,000 votes apiece, which is, you know, pretty successful. Yes. But it was, just, it was no way to ever replicate the beginning. So I wish that – I wish I could have been able to capitalize more on the wave of it in terms of, like, seeing the numbers and all that kind of stuff. And I think it would have been more popular, but – like I said, I mean, how do you know? You know what I mean? It's only a, it's only a tool for the beginning. Um, I do, I do want to do another one. Um, I don't really want to do another one like in an off season, but Drake or Jay Z are probably the only ones that I'm super passionate about. Um, I like Kendrick's music. I don't, I don't like to pimp a butterfly, and I don't like his untitled album enough to, I think, be a authority on that, so to speak. Um, I don't listen to Beyonce enough. I don't listen to Rihanna enough. There aren't there's aren't many artists that I think you can get a really good 64 bracket and that I'm also passionate about. Um, so, yeah, Drake and Jay-Z are probably the only two that I'm really interested in doing. But it was cool also to see, like, I feel like we created, like, the ice bucket challenge for brackets, you know? Yeah. Uh, like, everybody wanted to do one. And some of them I actually thought were pretty cool. Um like some of them I thought were pretty cool. Some of them I just didn't like just because I feel like it was like a direct copy of what we tried <laughs> to do, which was like, man, it just took so much work. Like I didn't like do it with the expectation of going viral. Like you are doing it with the expectation of trying to go viral. Right. Uh, like I just didn't like that part of it. Um, but no, it was cool. Like I certainly like looking at other people's and like I'm a fan of the internet, you know, like I'm big on content creation and trying to do really cool stuff and trying to pump as much like content into it as possible. Like we live in a time where we just have more outlets and more avenues to do things than we ever have before. So like, why not use the space to create? So it was like really cool to see, you know, like this bracket helped you create this podcast. Um, the bracket helped like so many people tag me on IG with, you know, they're doing a podcast or they wrote something. I tried to retweet it. Um, you know, like I, I mean, that's, that's something that I would do, you know, like that's something that, I try to do on my own. So it was really cool to create something that helps so many other people. And so many people sent me their like YouTube reviews of it and all that kind of stuff. So that part was really cool. Yeah. Well, getting more uh, into your relationship with Kanye's music, uh, you said you remember coming home and seeing the Through the Wire video that first time. Was a uh, was that a big deal for you? Did you hear Kanye for the first time and you're kind of like, holy shit, what is this? Or was it just kind of something that grew? No, I, I really liked the sample of it and I really liked the way that it sounded. I didn't really know Kanye West's story enough, so it probably took me like a week to really like, I kind of knew who he was, but I didn't, I didn't know, so to speak, who he was. And I remember I went back to school and I told one of my really good friends, Justin, I was like, yo, I heard this rapper named Kanye West, he's kind of dope, you should listen to him. And uh, he was like, oh, check it out. And he liked the song, too. But I still was, like, kind of waiting for more. And I just was like, you know, we've all seen that rapper that makes the one hit and it just never really goes anywhere. So I was, like, kind of waiting for what was going to happen next. And I remember when I first heard Slow Jams and it was just it for me. Like, um, I remember we had this basketball trip where we drove to St. Louis. St. Louis is four hours from Kansas City. And I listened to Slow Jams probably <laughs> 30 times, like legitimately listened to Slow Jams like 30 times that trip. Like I just absolutely love that song. Like I love the song. I love the video. 
Um, I went to go see Twister perform at this uh, little concert venue that holds like 150 people just because I wanted to hear his verse from Slow Jams. Like, I legitimately love that song. And uh, this is a funny story, actually. Um, I got a Best Buy gift card for Christmas the year before College Draft. I think College Draft came out in February, I think it was, yeah. of this year. So I got a Best Buy gift card, and I saved that gift card just to buy college dropout because I didn't have a job. I didn't have any money, but I knew I wanted to get it. So you know how hard it is to save a Best Buy gift card? Like, I could have got a PlayStation 2 Greatest Hits game, you know? I got $20, but I was like, no, I, I had to get college dropout the day it came out. And I went to go get it, and, I mean, it's been stuck with me ever since. I actually – um. This girl actually made me like one of the Napster versions of it, so I like heard it a couple of days before. But it was like missing songs, like it was, it was crazy. It was missing songs, like it didn't have "Breathe In, Breathe Out" on there. And I'm like, how do you not have the song of Ludacris on here? <laughs> and I'm like, well, it's gotta be on there. And uh, it didn't have two words on there either. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, like, like I said, man, everybody has had their different Kanye stories and their different closeness to it. Um, you know, like I remember the first night Watch the Throne came out and that was like the first major album in a while that didn't leak. You remember, man, yeah. albums getting leaked left and right. And I think Jay-Z and Kanye figured it out. If you don't put the physical version out there and you just release the digital, you can keep everything in house. And you remember it hit iTunes at 12 o'clock. I remember the girl I was dating at the time, me and her stayed up and we had our just it was me and her. And she was drinking wine and we were just sitting there and we listened to it. And just like when you hear No Church in the Wild for the first time and the disappointment of Kanye, Jay-Z and Beyonce made liftoff and it is absolutely terrible. Garbage. Like, Garbage. Like, how did those three people make a song together? And it's so bad. And we had this running joke in our crew that at the beginning of Niggas in Paris, he says that we're going to skip one song and one song only. <laughs> Um, and just when you hear that and then you go in concert and you hear it, I don't know if this answers your question at all, but, um, yeah, no, I mean, like I said, it was just, it's, it's been an incredible journey. It's been an incredible ride. I, I'm really happy to hear the, we have a big debate on the show about liftoff. It's awful. Liftoff is a terrible song. It's not like, I remember one time I timed it. I got to go back and find the tweet and I, I can send it to you. I remember I timed how long Jay-Z's verse is and it's like 19 seconds. Like a waste of our time. Right. And what he talks about, his actual like lyrical content, you're like, this makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> like everything you're saying sounds like you're muttering in your sleep and just reciting like what you're seeing in a dream or something. It just, oh my goodness. No, you're right. Um, we actually talk about this in my group. Um, I don't think Jay-Z and Beyonce make really good music together. I don't know what it is. I think it's like sounds and I don't, they just don't really mesh really well. Like Future and The Weeknd to me make really good music together. Like I don't know what it is about that combination, but they just, they've never missed on a song. Drake and Ross never miss when they do a song together. Jay-Z and Beyonce, I don't think they've made a really good song in 10 years. Like some people would say Drunken Love. I think Jay-Z's verse on Drunken Love is awful. Uh, but yeah, like liftoff, it just, you would think when you read the title that it would work just like that new song, they got top off. Like you would think Jay-Z, Beyonce and Future would make a good song. They didn't. <laughs> 
No, and it's always a shame. Like uh, group collaborations like that, you're like, oh, this is we don't get this often. The, like the one time we're getting it, you hope that it's going to be something that lasts, like the Forever track, right? Like Drake's coming out track that has Kanye, Lil Wayne, uh, Eminem. Like that track, I think is still like fantastic, and you don't get a song like that again. So the fact that it's good is great. <laughs> No, you're right. Um, that was a fun time in music too. Like, where I mean, I know Khaled does it, but I think his songs they like aren't competitive. They're like swagger like us and forever. You could tell like everybody went in there with the intention of we want people to think we have the best verse. Um, that like I remember like we have the debates about swagger like us. I think Ti had the best verse on there, or forever. I think Eminem had the best verse, but like. I felt like it was that like lyrical competition. And I remember one of the things I think we said in the round table, we did the first time, like I remember feeling like, I think Jay-Z clearly is like a superior rapper to Kanye. I don't really think it's that close. I think Jay-Z is the best rapper of all time. But I remember when you first heard diamonds are forever and you heard the remix, like that was the first time you felt like man, Jay-Z and Kanye, like can rap pretty comparable. Like it was kind of, like Kanye was always the little brother and Jay-Z was like always the big brother. Um, and like that was one of the first times that I felt like Kanye felt comfortable enough that like I can rap at an equal level as you. So like it was like kind of rewarding whenever I run this town. I think Kanye had the clear best verses on the song. Like he finally got him, you know, like <laughs> I kind of felt like Jay had gotten him all the other times. But he had finally gotten him. And I thought that I thought Kanye got him a couple times on Watch the Throne, but uh, it was it was just fun to see like how Kanye's skills had evolved to the point that it became like an equal battle, and it didn't. It wasn't like point out the bounce on Blueprint too. Yeah, there's you go back to that first kind of uh, not duet, but them both being on a track on like all not all falls down, never let me down. Yeah, yeah, and just the difference uh, as you're saying from like Kanye there to Kanye on Diamonds to Kanye on uh run this town just crazy to see that that development no you're right because like on never let you down like he kind of moves out of the way for jay-z at the end now, i'm happy that he did because i think jay-z absolutely destroys that last verse but like i think kanye now would be too arrogant to let jay-z get two verses on his song like he might let jay-z start the song because <laughs> uh, like jay-z starts and then i think kanye has a really good verse and then it's that jiv kind of sermon preachy part that actually like I've appreciated as I've gotten older. Like when I was in high school, I wasn't trying to hear that. You know what I mean? Uh, and then, like I said, like Kanye kind of moves out of the way at the end and like lets Jay-Z just go off for 60 seconds that it felt good. Even on late registration, like where Kanye would kind of come back like on Gone, like the song would kind of do and they play the boom, 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 boom. And he would be like, all right, like I can rap just as well as anybody. And then he would just like have another verse like that. So you're right. Like seeing his musical progression has been incredibly fun to watch. Yeah, that's uh so uh college dropout comes out what what blew your mind on that album because you're all about uh slow jams but was there another song on there that stood out to you once you heard the full thing um i really love last call i think at least for the first two albums the mayonnaise color bins i push miracle whips like people thought that was like kanye's best line um i probably listened to the story on last call probably like once, twice a year. Like, I just think it's like a really inspirational story of like, 
you can do whatever you put your mind to. Like when he tells the story of how he's like living in this apartment and he makes Heart of the City, which is one of my five favorite Jay-Z songs. Like, I mean, it's a sample of another song. So it's not like he created the beat, but just like you were just, you were broke and you just created this like masterpiece song. Um, it's just like pretty incredible to me. And like him talking about how everybody looked down on him and how Dane told him, well, at least if he's whack, we can put Cameron on every song to save <laughs> um, is really cool. I really like two words. Like, I think that's like a really good, like lyrical spar song um, on there. I, I actually think spaceships is the best song on there. I think that spaceships, I kind of made this point about drive slow and I feel the same way about it, about spaceships. Of like, if you've ever had a job that you dislike, spaceships is that song for you. Like everybody feels at one point or has felt like the first verse on spaceships. And my point about Drive Slow is, I know it's on a different album, and I'll go back to um, College Dropout, but if you, were, if you were a teenage boy, you know exactly what he's talking about in Drive Slow. Like, there's no teenage boy that doesn't understand what he's talking about in Drive Slow. Like, we all had that big brother OG character that was cool, that you wanted to be like, that got all the girls, that like... It's just like such a relatable verse to me that I feel like spaceships is that for like a work context. So even back in high school when I didn't have a job, like I just I felt like that towards my teachers. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's kind of one of those things um, that I felt. But no, I mean, Slow Jams is, you know, my favorite song off there. Like I still listen to Slow Jams a lot. Like I've listened to Slow Jams a lot over the last like also I've been listening to is the playlist that we made. Um so, yeah, that's probably what stood out to me. College Dropout has probably dropped a little bit more in my ranking system over the years because I just think Kanye's evolved. He's a better rapper. The sounds have gotten bigger yeah, um, yeah. and bigger and better over the years. And I, I think that – I think there's more misses on College Dropout than I had remembered. Like, Breathe In, Breathe Out is now a miss for me. Kanye's new workout plan is a miss for me. I don't like Get em High as much as I did when I was in high school. Like, it doesn't stand up as well to me. Um, now hearing like you can't hear a song like so appalled to me and like get him high you know what I mean like so appalled is just a much better song like I just think he got better at making music over time like most people do um you know if you do something at that level for so long uh so college dropouts probably moved down my list but I remember uh, I remember 50 Cent said this about get rich about trying that he said you'll never be able or he's like I'll never be able to replicate the feeling you have Again, like we all remember where you were when you heard certain things for the first time. Like I remember where I was when I first heard Trapper Die. Um, and I remember where I was when I first heard Thug Motivation 101. I remember where I was when I heard Give Richard I Try and I heard Mini Men for the first time. Or when I heard Through the Wire, or when I heard So Far Gone. Like there's no way for Kanye to ever do anything. And I think he came really close with my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. I'm sure you'll ask me about that. But there was no way for him to replicate hearing them for the first time when I was 14 years old. Like, there's no way for him to do it. But my, bar, my, my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy is maybe the closest I've ever gotten to an artist being able to replicate that same feeling. And that, that album comes out, you had just finished college, right? Or was senior year of college for you? Uh, no, I, I'm trying to remember. Um, I think I was out of college. Because I was still in college when graduation came out. Um, Same. Because remember, graduation came out. It was that thing with 50 Cent with Curtis. Because I remember I bought that in college. There was like a Best Buy like a mile from our dorms in college. And I remember I was 
at the Best Buy at like nine o'clock in the morning. Like whenever they open, nine or ten, I don't remember the exact time. But I was like one of the first people in there because I bought both of them. Because and you remember that iconic thing at the MTV where they're standing next to each other and they're like looking at each other. Yeah. Um, and um, so yeah, I I don't think I was in college when that happened. I might have just gotten out of college whenever my beautiful dark. Yeah, because I was. Because I remember my girlfriend at the time. She bought me the collector's edition with a video, and I remember that we watched. I've only seen it one time. It's actually a shame on me that I've only seen it one time, but I kind of don't feel like I need to ever see it again. It was I. I got it. I understood. It's, it's there. It's there. <laughs> yeah, I got it. Um, okay, so that album. I th- I think you're what you're saying about Col- or my beautiful dark twisted fantasy kind of recapturing that feeling that you had from. Uh, college dropout it makes sense because if you're just finishing up college you're getting into this next stage of your life everything is kind of feeling like you're 14 again with trying to figure out the world you got this kind of youth and excitement and this album comes out that sounds unlike anything else that's come out before like no i mean i think that's i think it's really accurate i keep making a lot of comparisons to drake because he's probably my he's probably my he's probably my third favorite rapper um after kanye and jay-z i think it was very similar to me as an adult, how I felt about take care the same way that I feel about like so far gone, like so far gone is like your first introduction. And I remember the conversations of feeling like, man, Drake is going to make it. You know what I mean? Like when I first heard so far gone, I'm like, Drake is out of here. Like Drake's about to be a star and like telling my friends about it that hadn't heard it yet. And them kind of coming to the same realization that I did. And when the best I ever had hit the radio. And then I remember getting those same feelings. I was just in a different place in life whenever Take Care came out, but it was like, I kind of feel like the analogy maybe is, like College Dropout is more of the I'm going to make it kind of album. My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy is the I have made it and I am the greatest musician alive mentality. And I kind of feel like So Far Gone and Take Care and like that same thing from Drake, like So Far Gone is like the I want to be successful. Take Care is the I am successful that like I think I think that's the only way that you can replicate those feelings. Like kind of for Jay Z is like the first time you hear four 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 is like that's the first time I. It's gonna sound weird. Like the first time I felt like I heard adult Jay Z. Yeah. That like that like was relatable. Like Magnum Carter Holy Grail is certainly an adult album, but man, I don't care about what artwork that you bought. Like it just doesn't interest me. You know what I mean? Like I feel like it was art bars the whole time. It just like wasn't really that appealing to me. But we all were kind of waiting to see how he was going to respond to all the stuff that Kanye had been doing. And obviously he had to say something about Beyonce and Lemonade. And like the first time I sat here and I listened to it and it kind of gave you that feeling of like, you know, you were a part of something really special. Um, But I felt that same way about my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Like, I don't think you get I know we always throw out the term classic. I don't think there's like I just think with how things move so quickly now. I don't know if artists are compelled to make a classic the same way that they were back in 96. Uh, we were talking about this with me and my friends. They're like, if you bought an album in 95, you made yourself like that album. You know what I mean? Like, man, I spent $22 on this album. I'm going to listen to the CD every day. That now, if YG makes an album you don't like, you didn't pay for it, it's streamed on your phone, throw it away. Like, I, I move on. Like, we move on so quickly that I think, you know, if we had to look back over the last six years or whenever My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fancy came out, like, man, it's only probably been, I'd say, three or four classics since then. Like, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, 
Like I wouldn't even consider Damn a class. I think Damn's a really good album. I don't, I don't, I don't like to pimp a butterfly, but some people who could put it in that category, like Good Kid, Mad City, I would consider a classic. I consider Finite Lights by J. Cole. I think that's a classic tape. Um, so far gone. Take care. I put in that classic. Like four, four, four. Like we just. I think hip hop every like one or two years has like a really seminal moment of like this is you know it's artistry at its absolute height. <clears throat> I uh, I can't remember what I was gonna say. It was something about. <laughs> It was something about, uh, can't remember, something about my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, but I just got so wrapped up in everything you're saying that every question in my head just kind of, no, that, you I know, tell I know, it so like, well. Uh, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, um, I guess to kind of talk and maybe I'll kind of jog your memory a little bit. Um, I think that's, I think that album is the perfect combination of everything that's Kanye. Like, I think it's a little bit of everything. Like, I think if you really love, the poppy Kanye, like Monsters, kind of that song for you because the Nicki Minaj verse. If you really like soulful Kanye, like Devil in a New Dress is that. If you really like this like new Yeezus, futuristic kind of sound, Runaway is that song. Like I just think that My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy is like a really good combination of the entire Kanye West experience. Like if you really want to hear deep introspective like a love song blame game is like the twisted version of that kind of song like i think it's just i think it's a really like if you want to hear him rap at an incredibly high level listen to gorgeous listen to so appalled like you just get a little bit of everything with kanye that i think over the last two weeks i came to realize that that was kanye's most popular album with people yeah. and that people kind of agreed with what, what i think about it we uh we just did a, a live show at South by Southwest and we had oh. a room room full of like 40, 40 Kanye fans mm -hmm. and uh, we were talking about how diverse Kanye's discography is and how diverse tastes are about which Kanye album like you could ask a room full of people what Kanye album is the best album and you're gonna get all these different answers we're like who thinks My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy is the best and, like ninety five percent of the room just puts their hand in the air. You're like, okay, so that's number one. Who thinks this is the second best? And like, that's a much different conversation. But it just, it really does seem among Kanye fans as what you're saying. Like, no, I, I, I kind of think Kanye's discography is a little bit better. Like, I would guess if you did that same experiment in a room with Jay Z fans and you did Who Thinks Reasonable Doubt is his best album, like half the people raise their hand, maybe a little bit less. Who thinks Black Album is the best? Half people raise their hand. Who thinks Blueprint's the best album? You know what I mean? Like, I think that Kanye kind of has like that one seminal body of work that I think is like more all-encompassing mm -hmm. than all of them. But I think it kind of pushes it and elevates it to that level. Um, yeah, you didn't ask me this, but I'll just say it real quick. Um, I, I appreciated Yeezus a lot more in this experience than I did the first time through. I didn't really like Yeezus at all. I have always been really hard on Yeezus. Like I've called it a weed plate, a throwaway album, a Frisbee. Like I've said all those things about. Oh, my heart. <laughs> but no, I, I came away with a, a greater appreciation for black skinheads and new slaves. And it's, it's still not good. Like I don't think Yeezus is a good album. And I think it is still his worst album. But it is not as bad as I had remembered it. Like I went back and listened to like Hold My Liquor and I was like, 
it's like a really good song. You know yeah. what I mean? I yeah. really enjoy this song. Uh, I think what always scarred me on Yeezus, I don't know if you, I don't know if you went to the tour or not, but I went to the Yeezus tour, and I just remember how Blood on the Leaves and Bound Two were the only songs that, at least the crowd that I was in, like so the the venue, the only songs that resonated with people. Ooh. Like no other song, like Hold My Liquor, like it just you couldn't feel it. And anytime he did something that wasn't on Yeezus, it was one of the most fun concerts I've ever been at. And I'm sure a lot of your listeners have went to the show. He then takes his mask off at one point. And I think he did like Jesus walks after he took his mask off or good life or something. And that was the most fun I've ever had at a concert for like that 20 minute stretch of this, like during the middle of Jesus. And so like, you're kind of like disenchanted with Kanye anyway. And he just like reminded you like, man, I, I made all these incredible songs and he just goes for 25 minutes and just playing like all happy shit. You know what I mean? And like how happy I felt that um, we talked about this last night. I think what turns people off about Yeezus more than anything is the first three albums are more like trying to make it that you can like relate to in a way or, a song like, or like Late Registration, I think it's a little bit, it's more sad than College Dropout is, but like it's still a really relatable emotion. And like 808 Heart and Heartbreak, like you can always make R&B music that's based in pain and heart. Like that's what R&B music is. So like I think that's why it resonates is Yeezus I don't think connects with people is because it's angry. And it's not angry at a person. It's angry at an establishment like it's like like it's angry at ralph lord it's angry at nike it's angry at polo like that just doesn't i don't think that resonates with people as well it's one thing to be like angry at the police we like clearly see that works in music it's different to be angry at a woman everyone has feelings towards an ex or like blame game it's like clearly directed at one person Jesus is like directed at like corporations <laughs> like it just it just it's not happy you know what i mean it's not happy. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, Yeezus, the whole aesthetic of Yeezus is really, I think, antithesis to what a lot of people expect or want from a lot of, especially fans of Kanye's early discography, right? Like, I had one friend that's like, he didn't give me music until Bound 2. And it's like, that's what I'm there for Kanye is for like, the samples, the soul, and like, how can I get into an album that's not giving me that until track 10? Um always really bound, interesting bound, i think bound two would be more appreciated if it was on any other kanye album like i think if bound two is on late registration it's people think it's the best song on there if bound two is on graduation it fits in perfectly you know what i mean like if he put bound two after i wonder i think bound two is just held in higher regard it's just you're right i mean your friend was right it is packaged at the back end it was kind of like he did this album and then he had this leftover song and was like, eh, I'll give it to him. And you're like, that's the best song on the album. How do we not hear this until just now? Like, how is it not track six? Um, but no, I think that's a really, really good way to look at Bound 2. Mm. Well, so, uh, favorite album? Uh, my Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy is my favorite album. Um, I'd probably put Graduation as second. Um... The third asked me on the day. Yeah. Um, if I had to, if I had to pick one, I'd probably say College Dropout. But 
I don't know. I go through phases with Kanye's music. Like that's what kind of this last like two weeks has really been. Like I really like late registration more than I did. Um, I like Jesus more than I did um, back then. So like tomorrow, if you ask me, I'll probably say late registration is my third favorite Kanye album. But if I had to like right now, my definitive, I'd probably say college dropout. Like kind of re-ranking it. Like I remember after I first heard Life of Pablo, I put Life of Pablo ahead of college dropout. But like I don't ever go back and listen to it, but I listened to a couple songs on there and I'm like, man, like No More Parties in LA is an incredible song. Like yeah. like the way he starts his second verse, he starts with scary. You just like I I should have known right there what was about to happen. Like he was going to destroy. I should have known right there when he when he started saying that. Um Real Friends is incredible. I like Wolves a lot. Like I kind of felt like Wolves was my song from there that everybody like, everybody was talking about other songs and I'm like, man, you guys are sleeping on Wolves. Like Wolves is incredible. And then like the Frank Ocean at the end. I um so yeah I, the third one I guess the long to answer your question is ask me tomorrow and I'll have a different answer, but I'll stick with college dropout for right now. Okay. And uh top five favorite tracks? Um I and I posted it, I'm trying to remember on the top of my head. Um Can't Tell Me Nothing, Touch the Sky um all falls down all of the lights and i can't remember hold on I, I remember i tweeted it hold on let me find it slow jams yeah slow jams that's what it is slow jams my bad i forgot no, slow <laughs> yeah that's my five uh i've been listening jams, uh i talked about it a lot i can't believe i forgot it i apologize uh all of the lights i actually think is gonna be like kanye's greatest song whenever he's done um i tweeted this um kind of afterwards um i think that all of the lights is gonna go on to be like his eye of the tiger like you know how when you go to a basketball game and they play eye of the tiger every single basketball game that you've ever been to yeah i think that's how all the lights is gonna be i think every college game you go to for the next 30 years the band will play all the lights like it just it sounds so good um and then just the the audacity of the track really like it's kanye rihanna alicia keys like he has an Elton John feature that he only says 11 words. You know what I mean? Like, how do you do that? Um, like, Fergie talked more on a song than Elton John. Like, it's just, it's pretty, like, the way that he got all those different sounds to, like, mesh together. Like, he gets Alicia Keys to just moan. She doesn't say anything. You know what I mean? Uh, just the way it sounds is um, pretty incredible um touch the sky I, I love that curtis mayfield song move on up um the second verse is just pretty incredible like before anybody wanted k-west beats me and my girls put the buffet at kfc is just like um an incredible line all falls down i mean i don't really got to explain why that song so like I, that's just a, a really really good song and can't tell me nothing if you can't relate to the like somebody tweeted me afterwards and was like explain it to me. I don't get it. And I'm like, if you can hear where he says, wait till I get my money right. And you can't relate to that. Like the feeling behind, you know, when he's saying it, like dog, like fuck the rest of them. Like once <laughs> I get my money, you're not going to be able to tell me anything. Like we've all felt, you know what I mean? We've all felt that way. Like if you can't relate, like I don't even got to get into the song. If when he says, wait till I get my money right. And you can't like feel that in your core. Like I just I we 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 live two completely different lives, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's that can't tell me nothing. Like is such a mood. Like it just captures like this is going to be my like 
what I aspire to, what I am. Uh, it just, ooh, it's motivational in a way that, like, a lot of Kanye songs can be motivational, but Can't Tell Me Nothing might be the ultimate, like, yeah, I, I need to feel this way. Yeah, no, I mean, I think the best comparison that just popped in my head is, it's like his version of March Madness by Future. Like, there's something, like, really melodic about March Madness. Like, the do, 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 do. Like, it's just something that like, kind of, like, draws you into the beat. And you're like, okay, all right. Like, it's that same feeling. Like, all you got to do is hear the la, and you just, like, know what it is. And then, like, the first verse, and there's, like, so many punchlines in that. Like, that first verse is filled with them. I mean, that you can live through anything if magic made it line is incredible. Like, there's just so many lines and can't tell me nothing that I think I think that's Kanye's best rap song. I think Kanye's best song in general is All the Likes. Nice. 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 Um, well, so I guess we're at the point of your uh, your last call. You just get a, a bit of uninterrupted time to say any final thoughts, any 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 things that you want to share. And then we'll end. So um, I go. just want to um, thank everybody for being a part of this. I want to thank everybody for following the bracket and retweeting it and sharing it. Um, it's been an incredible journey. My friends and all, we all appreciate everybody's support on it. And I'm just really happy to know that we did something that impacted so many people's lives and music is just, it's an incredible thing. Um, Music is one of the easiest things, I think, for us to share. And I think it's one of the easiest things that impacts how we think and how we feel. Um, like I remember, I, I think maybe to kind of go on why Kanye's music resonates with me so much is I remember when I was a child and I would like kind of sit in the room with my grandma and she would just play old blues records and I would just sit there and listen to them with her. So like, I think... I think that our environment has so much of a reflection on who we are and who we become. And I think hearing so much blues and jazz and R&B when I was a kid influenced me as I got older that I want to hear more of that in my rap music. And I feel like as music evolves and changes, that's kind of where R&B kind of transitioned into is it transitioned into soul samples and it transitioned into people taking the sounds that we grew up listening to and putting them over spoken word. Like when you hear touch the sky, it's a song I heard as a kid by Curtis Mayfield, but now Kanye's rapping over that song. Um, that I was just really happy to be able to take this musical journey with so many different people. Um, and to know that it impacted so many people's lives. Um, check out the YouTube page with, Yesterday, we did a roundtable. I'll send it to you if you want to tweet out the link for it. We did like a roundtable. And um, I, hopefully people want me to do another one next year. And we'll hopefully um, have this same musical journey. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.